title of my message this morning is Forget All That. Can, can you turn to your neighbor and say, forget all that? Now instantly share some hand sanitizer, seriously. All right. Um, I want to ask you a real quick question. If I were to ask you, I don't want you to answer me. I don't want you to, uh, to, to raise your hand or anything or say anything out loud. But if I were to ask you today, sorry, Croto's waving at me. My good friend Croto back in the booth. He forgets I have ADD. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if I were to ask you what the level of effectiveness and intimacy of your prayer life is, what would your answer to that be? What would your answer to that be? Now, what I want you to do is take what we're going to learn in this message, but keep your answer in the back of your head. And then as you go through the week, I want to challenge you to do what it takes to, to make that answer different. Because how many of y'all, you can answer this, how many of y'all will, will be honest in church and say, you know what, I could probably do better. I'll raise my hand. You know, we could always be closer. We could always be, be more powerful in, in our authority. And, and all that comes from prayer. And I just want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, I got a kind of funny story for you. My son Judah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know Judah, Judah, stay, stick around. You'll, you'll get to know Judah pretty quick. He, he is pretty much just a huge ball of energy. He's a lot like me, which means he's extremely handsome and funny. Um, and he, he's four, so we're still trying to figure out, like, this sounds terrible. Don't judge me as parents. You've been there, too. Is he smart? Because, listen, don't judge me. One point, he's, like, reading his name He's starting to write his name. He's starting to recognize words and, and stuff like that. He does some crazy, like, problem solving. And, and you just sit there and you're like, man, my kid is brilliant. He definitely takes after me. But then you walk in and he's, like, rubbing his hand on a urinal. <laughs> you know? And so, so that's the kind of things that, come on, come on, parents. That's the kind of things, see, Pastor Brad don't remember that because his kids are all older. He don't remember kids licking the urine. Maybe your kids didn't do it. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like <laughs> you get up here and you're like, we all know all our kids lick the urinal. And it's like, no, no? it was just awesome. Cool. All right. Where to go from that? That ruined my funny joke. Um, so anyway, Judah is this ball of energy, and he's, we're, we're a praying family. We, we pray for each other, and we're, we're trying to build into our kids that God is not bothered by you asking him stuff and praying to him. And I, I, we're trying to build in that, hey, be, because when he gets to a certain age, he's going to pray to God like he's a God, you know, as opposed to praying to God like he's, he's a father and a friend. And so we're trying to teach him that young that he could pray to God about this stuff. And so what he's started doing is he's still trying to get that he can pray. So what he'll do is a lot of times he'll ask me 
to pray for him. And so the other day, we're in uh, Target, I believe, and he, he sees a Switch game, and he goes, Daddy, can we buy that Nintendo game? Y'all, y'all know my son is all about the Switch right now, and he's like, can we buy that Nintendo game? And I, I looked at him, I said, no, son, we can't buy that Nintendo game. We don't have the money. He looked at me, and he goes, Daddy, will you ask God why we don't have the money? I leaned down, I got really close with him, and I'm like, no, son, I won't. And I'm having a serious conversation with him. I'm like, because God's already told me why we don't have any money. Judah and Lila is why we don't have any money. Come on, parents. <laughs> God's already told me I don't have to ask why we don't have any money. Let me just go ahead and tell you. And so it was a good time for me to teach him that, hey, sometimes we know the answer before we ask God, right? But, you know, Judah has been having these uh, stomach issues. And uh, just to be honest with you, what will happen is he will need to go to the restroom, but he's scared that his stomach will hurt when he goes to the restroom. So what he does is he holds it till his stomach hurts, and he can't not go to the restroom anymore. So it's been this cycle. And so finally, man, I just got tired of it. I'm tired of the, the freaking out. And so I started praying peace over him, started praying healing. And y'all know I've already shared from the stage that my son struggles with nudity a lot at our house. Just I'm just being honest. My son, you may see him naked if you ever come to our house. At least it's not in public anymore. But it... it it's funny because he's running around our house and see, it started out with, Daddy, could you ask God to, to, to heal my stomach? And he's dancing around where now it's like his pants are halfway done and you could just hear him, God, please make this not hurt. And it's just so funny because he's running around and he's so serious, that four-year-old logic. And there's about five minutes of silence and then you hear, Dad, that's a thing now. That's great. It's no longer daddy. It's dad, can I have your phone and will you shut the door? <laughs> right. So, so that's my son. That's my, but here's what we, we have to learn from that church is sometimes we have to pray like that. Sometimes we have to come to God like we haven't had a lifetime of experience to fight our faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today is some things that come against you and fight your faith. And one of those things that fight your faith, this is the first thing, is your experience. It's your experience. Because listen, the enemy uses what God wants to grow you through to take away what God delivered you from. Because how many of you know that it's, it's the times that God didn't stop the storm that we remember in our lives over the times that God split the sea? There, there's those times that, that God is coming and he's saying, you know what? I'm not going to stop this one. I'm going to walk through it with you. I'm going to be there with you. What the scripture say? You will not be oppressed. You will not be burned. You will not drown. Listen, he's saying that I'm going to walk with you, but, but oftentimes we don't want to walk through it. We want to be delivered from it. And, and so the enemy will use that. He'll say, man, God really messed this one up. He really messed this one up because the enemy, I got to stop. I ain't even made it to Elijah yet. All right. First Kings chapter 18, we're going to start around verse 41. I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to dance for a minute. Give you a minute to get there. 
Oh, it's going to be on the screens. Awkward. Um, so Elijah said to Ahab, up on your feet, eat, drink, and celebrate. Rain is on the way. I hear it coming. Most translations say, I, I hear an abundance of rain coming. Celebrate because I can't see it, but I can hear it. Uh, uh, what, what's, what's that thing you've heard but you haven't seen it yet, church. What's that, what's that thing that, that you're praying for right now and you haven't seen it, but you've heard the promise of God? What is that for you? How many of you know that sometimes we have to believe it before we can see it? And belief comes from what? Hearing, right? Uh, Elijah told Ahab that he heard an abundance. Remember that word, abundance. Sometimes you have to pray before it starts to happen, before you even say it. And, and, and let me just tell you, church, we serve a faithful God who answers prayers. Amen. Amen. Now, there might be some of you online or in here today that, that can say, well, Pastor Jeremy, he doesn't always answer prayers. And I, I want to I stop you right there because, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Let me, let me tell you where, what, what happens. A lot of times we don't like the answer to the prayers. <laughs> we didn't think that that answer was what we expected. And how many of y'all know that we don't even need the enemy to do this to us? We don't like the answers. So some, I'm going to say this smiling. Sometimes it's easier to pretend that God didn't answer than to accept what he did. Nobody. Amen. Amen. Y'all sit down now. Y'all sit down. Calm down. Um, it, it's, it, it's, let's get back to the text. Ahab did it. He got up, ate, drank. Meanwhile, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, his face between his knees. He said to his young servant, on your feet now, look toward the sea. He went and he looked and reported back. He said, I don't see a thing. Keep looking, said Elijah, seven times if necessary. Now, Elijah has seen some pretty substantial prayers answered, some pretty big miracles that, that he's been a part of. He's seen God perform him through him. And now here he is praying, and he's sending, his he's sending his servant out to check on the results because he's praying. He wants to know what's happening. And listen to me, church. The reality is so many of us struggle in our prayer lives because we lack consistency. Because we lack consistency. Because consistency is tough. How many of y'all know that I don't want to be the ser servant? <laughs> like this makes it sound like he, he's just kind of like, oh, I don't see anything. But he's sending him out. Go and report. Let, let's, let's check out verse 44. Sure enough, the seventh time he said, oh yes, a cloud, but very small no bigger than someone's hand. How many of y'all know that's a small cloud to this preacher, right? Look at these little baby hands. Look at the baby hands, like the old Burger King commercial, you know? It's like, did you get a triple stack? No, it's a slider. Leave me alone. Don't judge me. My kids are cute. 
no bigger than someone's hand rising out of the sea. My, my good friend Drew, will you, will you come up here? I've asked Drew to help replay these events, and, and Drew is going to play the role of the servant, and I'm going to play the role of Elijah. But listen, I'm not going to do this thing where I'm putting my knees between my head because I wear tight pants, and, and we don't have a chiropractor in the church yet. And I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm 36 years old, and y'all will have to oil me up to get me out from that position. So I'm going to, can we just use some, some imagination this morning? Go to the sea and report back to me what you saw. Here, I'll, I'll be praying. I don't know what Elijah was praying. Man, Drew was, I mean, my servant is slow. What'd you see? I didn't see anything. Nothing? At all? Like, did you look where like I. This much, but nothing. No. Oh, okay. So, what you're telling me now, now let's just pretend that he's gone out and done that. I, I don't want to put y'all through that. I don't want to put Drew through it. I, you know, bring back some old memories of punishment, right? Yeah. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Everybody asked Pastor Lance after service. Um, so, he comes back and he, he, he says, I, I see something, but it's small. But it's there, right? Mm -hmm. It's there. So it's small. It's not invisible, but it's insignificant. Can we give Drew a hand this morning? Thank you, Drewbert. <laughs> this is the second fight that our faith deals with, and that's insignificance. It's just a boy with a lunch too insignificant to feed all these people. It's just a little bit of oil in a jar. It's just our last meal before we starve to death. It, it, it's just a small cloud the size of somebody's hand, too small to bring an abundance. And I want to tell you this morning to celebrate the small. Celebrate the small starts. Can I, can I just talk to you for a second? Celebrate the small starts. Celebrate the, the things that normally we would think are insignificant because if the enemy uses the, the, the littler things that maybe happen to take our, our mind off of the big things that God's done, I bet we could flip that, right? I bet we, can, we could say to the devil, no. Because I'm going to celebrate this small thing that you're trying to tell me is insignificant. And I wonder if we did that. I wonder if we celebrate like that, how our experience would change. We might be able to mark off one of these uh, faith fights, right? Just mark it off. Let's keep reading. Elijah said, quickly, on your way, tell Ahab to saddle up, get down from the mountain before the rain stops you. Listen to this, church. Things happened fast. Come on, that's how I felt this morning. It was sunny, sun was coming up, and then it was raining. I was like, it worked. The sky grew black with wind-driven clouds, and then a huge cloudburst of rain. With Ahab, I love this. This is message translation. I love this. With Ahab hightailing it in his chariot for Jezreel. I, you know, if I, if I had a convertible, I would too. You know, the abundance of rain, I would too. And God strengthened Elijah mightily, pulling up his robe and tying it around his waist. Elijah ran in front of Ahab's chariot until they reached Jezreel. 
Let me just tell you this right now. If you ever see me, in this case, pull up my shirt and wrap it around and start running, you need to go. <laughs> because I don't have to outrun what I'm running from. Amen. I just got to outrun you. So if you ever see me running, either help me chase down my kid or run too. Amen. Let's just, that's just, that's free right there. That's not even part of my sermon. That's just free. <laughs> As I close this morning, I want you to just lean in for a minute. You online, I know sometimes it's, it's easy to get distracted. You're, you're watching your device. You're watching online and it's easy to kind of get distracted. I really want you to lean in and listen to this because we have a real enemy and he doesn't want you to get what God's trying to do in your life. You know, uh, oftentimes I think we're disarmed by the enemy because we expect him to come and try to do the most destructive stuff in our lives. But, but what about the times that all he's done is just made you a little, little discouraged or, or made you a little ineffective or made you maybe not as on fire as you used to be, but you still love God. It's just not quite as, quite as hot right? Um, he disarms a lot of us because he comes to us like that. And you see, Elijah's been in this survival mode, surviving a drought for the last few years. And he's seen God's faithfulness in feeding him. He's seen God's faithfulness in, in feeding uh, the, the lady and her son through feeding him. Come on now. That, that look, that's a picture of the church. Like you d give to me first and I'll make sure you have enough cake. And I don't know about y'all, but it makes me want pancakes every time I read that story. I don't know why. Awkward. Okay. So Elijah has seen these things. He's just challenged the false prophets. He's seen God answer in an amazing way. He, he, he's seen God answer with fire. And he's seeing God's faithfulness again. He had to pray a little bit longer. He had to be there a little bit longer, but he's seeing God's faithfulness again. And he's running because he's expecting something. Now let, let's think about it for a minute. False prophets are gone. False prophets are gone, okay? Now the famine and the drought was coming to an end. So he is running back to a people that is surely going to turn their hearts back to God. Surely I'm going to run back and be able to serve as the prophet. And then something happens. And it's the third thing that fights your faith. Intimidation. Intimidation. What's that mean, Pastor Jeremy? Listen, if the devil can't get you in the experience stage... Or the insignificant stage he will try intimidation he he can't keep God from sending it but he can keep you from receiving it he can't keep the rain away but he can keep you from receiving the reason for the rain the story goes on in, in chapter 19 that Jezebel actually threatens Elijah and now Elijah runs the the prophet 
who believed God to feed him with the ravens, believed that God was not gonna let this cake be the last that this lady and her son was gonna eat, just saw God move an entire nation of, of false prophets. <laughs> He's had his head between his knees, asking for the rain, and now the Bible says that Elijah was afraid. My heart breaks just reading it. It says Elijah was afraid. The enemy could not stop God from answering Elijah and from moving in Elijah's life. So he attacked his experience. Couldn't stop the rain, so he made it feel insignificant. He can't kill you, but he can make you feel like you're just surviving. Amen? I feel like this is for somebody this morning, so I really want you to lean in. I don't know who this is for, but the Lord wants me to tell you that you're running from the thing that you've been praying for. You, you had the consistency to, to pray through the invisible stage. But, but now something has happened and you're running from the thing that you've been praying for. You're running from the shame that the cross has already set you free from. You're, you're running from the sin and the addiction that God's already said, hey, if you'll surrender it, I'll break it. You're, you're running this morning and God is saying, stop running. Stop running. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I just want to ask you first. We've talked about all this. I want to tell you, if you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's step one. I want you to remember back to, to when God was reminding us who we are. You know, Jesus died for everybody, not just Christians. He died so that we could have the opportunity to be with Him. Why? because he chose us to know him. He chose us to be with him. So I wanna ask you this morning, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, will you just raise your hand and look up at me this morning? If you're, if you're listening to this online and you're making a decision, you. You already know it. God's been speaking to you and you want to make a decision. Please feel free to drop us a message and, and we'd love to be praying with you and reach out to you. But this is number one. This is, this is first step. We got to be God's people to be God's people. We'll give one more opportunity if you're here this morning. The, the, the second question I want to ask you this morning is, are you running? Are you running? If you're running, can I just tell you, you already know it. Let me ask you, what are you running from?
What are you running from? What, what, what's came in and attacked your experience? What has the enemy convinced you it's not that big of a deal? Or, or what has intimidated you from, from running, to, into running? If that's you this morning, will you raise your hand and look up at me? 